What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I am the captain, the leader, the legend of all things you see. All-American Chelsea, what's going on? It's your boy Christian coming back again to you live from beautiful Miami, Florida in the good old U.S. of A. I just felt like this song was appropriate. I got no explanations on why I felt it was appropriate. I just felt like it was. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Christian, coming to you guys after our defeats in the EFL Carabao Cup final versus Manchester City where we lost in penalty kicks. I think the official score was like, what, 5-4 PK, something like that. I, I don't, I'm really bad at that. I don't know exactly how you quantify or like whatever the scoreline is but the fact of the matter is the Chelsea Football Club were eliminated by Manchester City in the Carabao Cup um, in a game where I felt like we played played very well and that's the tough thing about this match is that there's so many mixed emotions so many mixed emotions that I have with this match whether you know it's our play, the whole Kepa situation, um, just our, just the way the team played over the ninety, fuck ninety minutes, two hours worth of football. Um, so many mixed emotions, and I get into it with uh, with my guest for today, Amadi. If you guys don't know him, he is the host of Carefree Blues podcast. Him and the homie KB, KB, I had him on uh, a while back on the podcast. They, them, the Carefree Blues podcast and the London is Blue podcast, both of them um, pretty much came out at the exact same time, in my opinion. Maybe one, obviously one is before the other, but in my opinion, those guys uh, from both of the podcasts are are fucking OGs and legends in my in my opinion. They are the pioneers in American Chelsea football podcasting. So it's nothing but love and respect for those guys who came before me. And the same thing goes with the guys from the Romans Empire podcast. Those guys, um shit, even though they're a year before me, they're still, you know, pioneers they're still before me they're still the upperclassmen i'm just a freshman in this you know those guys talking about carefree blues and london's blue podcast this is high school those guys are in college and your boy's just a pimple-faced ninth grader just getting into this shit so the massive amount of respect for those guys so what's going on everybody um, I didn't get to you guys after our 2-0 defeat in the FA Cup to Manchester United. Seeing how I was on holiday, I was on vacation. I did hit you guys with some videos on my Twitter page. And to those who are not following me on Twitter, All-American CFC on Twitter, follow the kid. Your boy just cracked over a thousand followers, which is kind of a, you know, from everything that I understand in social media, 
the the first thousand is a is is a little bit of a milestone that once you get a thousand followers you kind of are figuring it out so you know congratulations to the kid i'm over a thousand so if you guys are not following me please follow me there um so yeah i was on holiday i was on vacation i took the family up to uh to orlando florida disney world um my family my wife my son myself we are disney fanatics i fucking love this place so let me tell you like walt disney world okay so as a kid i have a little sister she i'm 10 years older than her so i used to before she came around i was the only child so my parents had me super young in my opinion they had me like barely 20 barely 20 21 some shit like that so as a kid i used to go to disney two three times you know in a month it was eight hey, my parents i distinctly remember my parents going are you working tomorrow i'm not working tomorrow let's go to disney so disney disney was like nothing to me it's like something i grew up with and then something happened right around middle school time i remember distinctively it was our eighth grade trip um i was mental math uh 97 98 8 minus 3 15 no the hell i was born in 83 my eighth grade year was 98 i was going to be 15 i was going to be i was 14 my birthday's in november yep my birthday's in november so I was going to be 14. So I was, I was going to be 15. That was the last time I went when I was 14 years old. And I didn't go back. I didn't go back to Disney. I didn't see Disney World, Walt Disney World until my senior year. My senior year, we did Grad Bash. And what Grad Bash is, for those who don't know, for my listeners abroad, Grad, ba- grad Bash is for all the high school seniors you go to the theme parks at night for they close down the parks for all the high schools that are going that are attending and it's basically a party at night in the parks for the senior class that was 2002 so i hadn't been back to disney period after my senior trip i hadn't been back since 2002 fast forward my son is born and you know we're we're you know we got to do what the parents normally do get in start taking your kid to disney so we took my son for the for his first time in disney and my first time like in 20 years after pretty much living in the parks and we go to disney and i love it i love my son's reactions his faces he fucking goes ape shit so that's why i'm always there we have annual passes and so for us it's only a three hour drive to go over there we get a hotel for the however long we're there and for the days that we're there so i fucking love disney love it love it love it to the point where like we came home on wednesday night and i was already looking at the calendar when am i going back i i love it but our, all right, so our annual passes are only Monday through Friday with blackout dates 
coming up for spring break and the summer and the end of December. So again, Monday through Friday, the summer is blacked out, June and July and some of August, the front part of August. And in December, the last two weeks of December, which basically means if I want to go to the park, I have to pay a normal ticket price. I can still go. I just, you know, I have to pay a normal ticket price. But but Monday to Friday is perfect. Normally, when we go, every time we've been, it's empty. No lines. No waiting. I may wait 10 to 15 minutes, 20 minutes max on even the most popular rides and whatever is longer than that you can instantly get a fast pass and there you are so it's perfect it's like the parks are 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 to ourselves you know perfect i'm thinking so my son's birthday is in august so we went in september after labor day after a major holiday all the schools are back in parks empty there was one ride in Animal Kingdom, Kilimanjaro, uh, Kilimanjaro Falls, some shit like that. We went on it 10 times in a row. Empty. Nobody was there. Wide open. 10 times in a row. So I'm thinking, all right. And in like last year, I went in January. Empty again. I, I was just there in December for the Mickey's Christmas party. Empty again. So I'm like, sweet. February, you know. The weather's still going to be good. Kids are back in school. Uh, spring break is still not around. It was just a holiday. It was just President's Day. So people, I understand people are going to go for the weekend. They might go for the long weekend. But by Tuesday, Wednesday, shit was empty. Boy, oh boy, I was wrong. And so much, like, in, in the irony of it, on the way up, I'm saying, you know what? I'm telling my wife, I'm like, you know what? I, I can definitely see us coming back for a day or two from before our blackout dates just for the day you know let's see what's up to mickey or whatever so my son can ride the ride oh my god was i wrong bro it was fucking packed packed everywhere we went the most bullshit of rides it's a small world it's a small world is normally so empty that the employees of the ride beg you to ride the ride that's how empty it is it's usually walk right on onto it's a small world 45 minute wait for it's a small world i was so embarrassed as a disney regular to use a fast pass for it's a small world in epcot uh, uh um spaceship earth spaceship earth is normally you walk on it takes you longer to get walk to through the line to get onto the ride than it does to wait in the line 50 minute wait uh the nemo ride my one of my son's favorite rides 45 minute 50 minute wait i couldn't believe the amount of people that were there i was so upset so angry and the heat listen people let me tell you something something you guys need to know about miami yes we have awesome weather when everybody's having shitty weather when you guys are experiencing snow and cold for winter the coldest it gets here is 40 on our coldest days and we may have five of those max throughout the entire year 
during that time the warmest it gets maybe 80 um for those of my you know uk fans and fans around the world i don't know what celsius is you gotta figure it out bro get google that shit i'm sorry but you it's 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 awesome for that time of year however during the summer may june july august and summer september it is hot as shit down here hot as shit 110 115 you go outside and you're questioning whether you are on earth or or you're on the surface of the sun it's fucking ridiculous so going to the parks during these times is it's torture it's literally torture when you have to wait in line in the blazing sun in the blazing sun and last week we were barely in the 80s and i was sweating and i was going no way in hell am i coming back during the summer during the weekends never we're going back in september for my son's birthday i it better be empty for labor day weekend if not i'm gonna have to we're gonna have to figure out when is the right time to go and and now in disney they're removing these downtimes these notoriously famous downtimes they're removing them but by having events and stuff like that they're pretty much it's gonna be packed all year round so oh funny story what happened to me there i was getting off it's a small world right this is part it's not funny and in the boat behind me some old lady and when i mean old like old like i grabbed her arm and i could feel her bones she had no muscle old as shit she had fallen off of the boat i don't know if she fell or tripped or whatever point being is that your boy had to save the day and i go and i pick her up ma'am are you okay blah 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 bbb my family had gone along my cousin's kids my cousin's husband my cousin my wife my son they went along they left me behind and they were going through the ramp or whatever i helped the lady out i saved the day you know and she was like oh thank you sonny thank you and then so i'm walking up the ramp and who do i see walking onto it's a small world through the exit it's anthony davis the basketball player from the new orleans pelicans the super two tall dude if you guys don't know who anthony davis is he's famous for having a notoriously egregious unibrow it is mad that unibrow is like it is a sight to behold so i'm like holy shit and i put my fist out to give this man a pound he looks at my fist shakes his head and keeps walking i'm like motherfucker the disrespect the amount of disrespect bro you can't you i see some stranger's fist out for a pound for a dab you gotta you gotta you know you gotta meet that man you can't leave a fist out naked in the air just like that blowing in the wind what the hell kind of shit is that disrespectful so bro i was like i was in shock after that i said never again i am purposefully going to root against this man at all times so anthony i even tweeted at him i told him anthony davis if you're hearing this 
you are being booed every single time I see your name anywhere. Boo. Because that you can't do that, man. I don't. He was with his family. I told my boy about this. And he was like, bro, he was probably with his family. He didn't want to see that shit. He was trying not to be noticed. I'm like, dude, first of all, I get it. You're with your family. I'm not asking you for your credit card number. I just had my fist out for a pound. I wasn't even asking for a conversation. Just a pound. Boom. Bob. Adapt. Bro, like, that's it. In passing, it's easy. It doesn't cost you anything to fucking dap me up. Number two, he's seven foot tall. He can't hide anywhere. Where is he going to go? Like, he, you don't blend in when you're seven foot tall. And it's not like you just woke up being seven foot tall. This man has been seven foot tall and tall or tall as fuck for a majority of his life. Like, uh, you think that nobody was going to notice? Hey, you think nobody was going to notice, one, how tall he was, and two, his massive unibrow. Bro, his unibrow looks like a shaggy dog, like, laying on his forehead. That shit is crazy. Crazy. I'll tell you one thing. That man has, he's a better man than I am because I would could not walk around anywhere with that thing on my face. Mm. Insane. So, that's my Disney story. But all in all, after that, man, it was a good time. It was a good time. The hotel was, I usually, I'm, I'm kind of bougie like that. I like staying at the Disney hotels. I really do. I really do. It's just, I, I just like Mickey, man. Like, bro, like, Mickey's the shit. Like, everything that Mickey does is perfect. He doesn't, like, everything is thought of. Everything is planned for. Mickey does everything in his power to have everything perfect to make it easier to 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 separate your money from your wallet like you know what i'm saying like he does he thinks about everything everything you want to you want to eat in the park mickey provides food for you it's too expensive bring your own food you want to get a drink Mickey has drinks. Don't want to have your Mickey's drinks? Bring your own drink. Mickey thinks about everything, bro. Mickey thinks about everything. Dude's a gangster. Anyways, so, all right, everybody. I'm not enough with the chit chat. Let's get unbelievable. Like, you think my fucking dogs wouldn't hold on? Come on! Quiet! Ha ha ha! I'm over here working, and wife and the kid are laughing it up over there. You, you. Okay, so that's where I was. I lost my train of thought. All right, everybody. Enough with the chit chat. We're gonna get into the interview. I have uh, Amadi, like I said, um, and we get into it, man. Like we, it, this is a really fun podcast. In spite of everything, our performance, our play, yes, it was a loss, but it's a, it's, it's, I said it a thousand times on the podcast, we can't win them all. In competition, you're not going to win them all, unless you're Floyd Mayweather, I mean, but even then there's like a fight or two, there's controversy, whatever, whatever, but you can't win them all, but if you're gonna, if you're gonna lose, don't go out like a bitch, like don't go out like a bitch fight and fight and i don't mean like bitch like female like what i mean by that is like you know don't just lay down 
and just die. Fight. You know, play hard. And that's all you can ask for. Make sure that the jersey. There's a famous Argentinian saying. And it's make sure when it comes to soccer or football, it's like want to see the the kids bleed or sweat at the end of the day or whatever i don't know something along those lines but you guys understand what i'm saying just just leave it all out there because as fans a majority a majority of fans in any sport at least a month that i know of we would do anything to trade with those guys for just a split second even if it's a split second we would do anything to be in their position and it hurts when you see players that have what you want what you would kill for an opportunity you would kill for and they don't make the most of it so when you see players like N'Golo Kante running his ass off win lose or draw in my opinion, that's all you can ask for, man. Like, fuck. Like, he died. He he played as if one of us got the opportunity to play. That's exactly what I want to say. That's all you... I, I, at least I ask. All I ask from any player is to play as if I won the lottery to be in your shoes and to get one game to play in your shoes play like that and the boys did today so all right everybody without further delay here's the interview with Amity. i'll check you guys on the back end what's going on everybody it's your mother i i have the most amateur podcast ever notifications <laughs> coming in what's going on everybody it's your boy christian from well you're already listening to the podcast i'm here with the homie Amity from uh, Carefree Blues podcast. This man is part of the group that I consider the American podcasters, uh, um, OG podcasters. Amity, KB, and all the guys at London is Blue. Uh, they're the pioneers in American Chelsea podcasting and the OGs of the game. So, Amity. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um, I, I feel I feel like as 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 a as a new guy into this game, I feel kind of honored. Like you know, like to get you know the respect, uh, to, not even respect, like just to even be on the same platform. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 an honor. It's an honor. No man, the honor is mine. Honestly, like I, I love seeing, especially on the American side, I love seeing people on the come up with American podcasts and to have you know actually respected views. Like people I've heard, I've already heard good things about you and your pod. I mean, you have very measured ideas and people who have obviously turned their eye and ears towards what you have to say. So I'm, I'm honored to be on and I'm honored to have the invitation. <sighs> Thanks, man. Thanks. I, I, we, we try over here. We try. So. Without further delay, um, Amity, we, we, we are here after after a loss. Um, Chelsea just lost in a penalty shootout to Manchester City in the Carabao Cup, uh, English Football League Cup. I, I This goddamn um, competition has so many different names. I don't even know what to call it. Like, But we just finished losing in a PK, um, and... 
I don't know about you, but I, I definitely have mixed emotions uh, for this game. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I was, it's, it was up and down, but honestly, it was better than I was expecting, um, especially at the start. I mean, there was clearly a, a change in style and tactics with no real high press. Sorry, there's a car alarm going off here. God, God damn it. damn it. What the hell, guys? Get it together, New York City. Right, let me Get start, it let me together. Let me no, no, no. Don't, don't. We're letting it ride, my man. We're letting it ride. <laughs> this is the All-American Chelsea Podcast. The day that there isn't an, an interruption on my podcast is the day that I shut the podcast down. That's what we're all about here. Amen. All right, <laughs> let's ride. Let's ride. All right, so facts is we came out and started a different way. We usually have a higher press. We usually play a little bit more uh, reactive, and we, and we try to be on the, on the front foot a lot of the time with possession. Today, we conceded the possession in favor of defensive compactness and a real belief in the, uh, in the apparent tactical strategy that Sarri has implemented. I mean, honestly, when he said I was going to talk to my players for just an hour before the game, I was like, oh, great, we're going to shit the bed. There's no real preparation involved with an hour of training and practice, especially against a team like City. But, I mean, I feel like he got it right today. I really do. I do too. I do too. I I feel like, um, I I I'm not sure if you felt this way, but I know the world. I I know at least, uh, Chelsea Twitter felt this way that this was a make or break, uh, game, um, for sorry. I felt uh, it, it was at least it was reported that, you know, if we did lose this game, it would be his last game. Uh, I don't feel that way anymore. Um, I am a notor for the people who know me personally. I am a notoriously, notoriously famous sore loser. I hate losing or being a part of a loss in anything that I do. And don't get me wrong, I am not happy that we lost today. But what I saw from the boys today, if we're going to lose, at least go out throwing punches, fighting. Not like we've seen in the 4-0 to Bournemouth and the 6-0 to, 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 to City a few weeks back. If you're going to lose, fuck it. I mean, you can't win them all. Like, there's a reason why that the Arsenal Invincible uh, team is special because you can't, you can't win them all. The 72 Dolphins, the only undefeated team in the NFL period. Even the 72-win Chicago Bulls team with the Mike, with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, uh, Dennis Rodman, even they lost 10 times. You can't, point being, you can't win them all. But if you're going to lose, if you have to lose, if there indeed needs to be a loser, don't go out like a bitch. And today, I feel like the boys played, man. They played hard, and they played well. I have to agree with that. I mean... The last thing you want to see as a fan, especially in a cup final or any competition, really, is a lack of desire, a lack of really of real motivation, a lack of leadership on the on the pitch. And today, I felt that everybody stepped up from the defense to the to the offense. And I think that there were players who we really needed a ten out of ten performance from, and we got it. I mean, there were there were really some times during the game where I said, "Wow, that's the first time I've seen that all season," and that's okay. But to come six months into uh, a season of, of, I guess, what you'd call a rebuilding year, it's it's a little frustrating that it took this long. However, the performance today was good. The belief and the commitment was there. And if that was something that we had seen consistently up until now, I think this, this loss would be a, a little easier to stomach. 
But the fact is, we played our best game, and we still lost. So it's frustrating, but I can't put it down to a lack of desire or a lack of motivation on the player's part. That was all there. Absolutely, absolutely. I, f- I feel the same, man. I feel the same. So let's get into let's get into the lineup. Um, before each and every single match on Twitter, guys, if you're not following me, All American CFC on Twitter, um, I do my predicted eleven maybe a day minimum a day maximum two days out uh from each and every single match and in this video i got a majority of the squad correctly with with the exception of ross barkley and pedro and gonzalo gonzalo going so i got three players wrong i felt like if sorry didn't get, I, I felt like it, we would need we would learn everything we need to know about how sorry was taking this match by the lineup and part of me was still kind of upset that he went with pedro he went with um barkley i did not expect him to go hazard false nine however the first man that i want to talk about from today's performance is none other than emerson palmary amity Talk to me about my boy. Honestly, I think every Chelsea fan, myself included, has been crying out for Emerson to start. Um, when I saw him play uh, in the last match, I said to myself, well, great, now we're going to have to have Alonso start. But I think Sarri has seen the light. Um, Emerson today was confident going forward. He was committed in defense. He never really got embarrassed. There was the one play when Sterling broke yep. by him on, onto this uh, to the byline and pulled it back and thankfully we got out of that but i think that was the one time i saw him get really beat um but otherwise he was going forward and on on, in transition he was confident he had the beating of his man on more than one occasion and he was able to support uh hazard when necessary he also was you know he kind of provided that i guess the boost that we needed Uh, when you see alonzo playing on the wing he rarely is able to recognize um a threat as quickly as he needs to before he's running back and then you see his number that's something that you know pundits will always say former defenders will always say don't show your number uh, because you have to be able to square up and then you know react to the player coming at you give him enough space to maneuver and then to shut it down today he got all of that correctly um he was not only on the front foot when we were um in transition on offense but he was able to cut out several of their uh I wouldn't call them counterattacks because City always plays with, with with the wingers high up the field, but he didn't get sucked into the to the the midfielder who would come and drop deep to collect the ball, and he kind of read those pl- those plays very well. The cross field passes he cut them out. He was very very um, on the same page with Louise, which is something you don't always see with Alonso. And I feel like if there was just a bit more uh, impetus to to do the same on the opposite side with Aspeliqueta. We might have seen more pressure being put on, on City's wing, uh, on their wingers, and also on their outside backs. That being said, Emerson, no one, no one in the Chelsea fan base is confused about what Emerson's strengths are. And today, we finally got to see him play to them. Yeah, no, Emerson, I've been crying, screaming, screaming for this guy. I saw it during the summer in the preseason. There was a specific play. I always talk about it. So this is the 10,000th time I've said it on the podcast. But there was a specific play during the preseason. I don't remember who it was against. And I said, well, that's all I need to see. That's my left back right there. 
That's all I need to see. And that was during the summer. And unfortunately, sorry, needed to see more. Um, I don't know what... I I was legitimately questioning his, um, his glasses strength, his prescription, because... There ha- there couldn't I can't imagine that you sit you're sitting down and you're breaking film down from each and si- every single match and let's not get it twisted guys this, this manage managers in all sports it, there's a reason why you got there okay these guys are putting in insane hours day in and day out and yes they get things wrong but what I was questioning is. How can you sit there? I know the amount of time that you're putting into this game, into breaking down the matches. I know that it's a lot. How can you sit there and compare Alonzo and Emerson and not see what I see in the in the 90 minutes that I study the game? Like exactly. Like I, I just I did I didn't I don't know. And <sighs> Uncle Sorry came through, man. He came through because. I I was I was low key certain Alonzo was starting today. Yo, me too, man. I, I was, <laughs> it was already a foregone conclusion. I I was talking all types of shit on Twitter in the in the group <laughs> chat saying I know. My heart tells me that Emerson needs to start, but my mind says sorry's not going to play him. It's just the way he's been doing things. He's been going you play one game, you play the other plays the other. You know, he flip-flops with the exception uh, exception of Aspie. Aspie, for whatever reason, I guess Aspie has a secret stash of Senzu beans that he takes before each and every single match. <laughs> and he never gets tired, even though to me, it looks like he is a 29, 30-year-old man playing week in, week out, multiple times each and every single match. But... He doesn't get rotated. Okay. Okay. I mean, whatever. But Alonzo and Emerson do. Um I, I'm 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 if Sorry keeps his job. If Sorry keeps his job for the rest of the season, I only ask one thing of him. Never and that is to never, ever, ever play Marcus Alonzo ever again in the left back position. I mean, I hope he was watching what we were watching today. I mean, the, the the way the team reacts to having a confident player there who isn't going to necessarily give you, you know, every single uh, defensive stop. He's not going to necessarily cut out all the passes. However, a competent defender who is able to work with his teammates and recognize a threat, that's something that Chelsea fans haven't seen in that position whenever Marcos Alonso plays. There's always the feeling that he's a liability, that he's going to make a decision that will put us under pressure and force Louise out of position to come over and cover. And that's when we really get exposed. Um, there was the one time that Emerson got caught up the field and Louise was yellow carded for a foul um, that he, I think he had to make in order to stop a, yeah. a transition. But that was one time. Dude, every single game Marcos Alonso plays, that happens multiple times a game. And it's constantly pulling Louise out of position, but thus forcing all the fans to say, oh, Louise is trash. He's not doing his job right. He shouldn't be playing that position. Well, yeah, if I was David Louise and I had to cover two positions at his age and, w- and with his mobility, I wouldn't expect him to do it. I mean, I wouldn't expect myself to do it. So it was really refreshing to see Emerson kind of carry his own load and, and allow the, the people around him to do their jobs. That being said, 
Alonzo brings to the team a certain, I think Sorry feels this way, Alonzo brings to the team a certain, uh, I guess he's he's tall on set pieces, he can oh, whip boy. in a good ball, but dude, that's not the reason you play a left back. That's not the reason you start a person. I, you know what? Like, I, I, I don't subscribe. Like, I understand where Sorry's coming from with that. Uh, I get it. I get your logic. I might. I, I don't agree with your logic, but I understand your logic. However, in sports, sports has a, a funny, natural way to filter things out. In American football, there's a reason why your left tackle and your right tackle are damn near seven foot tall. It's just the game over and over and over and over again has shown that on those two positions, you need two guys to be pretty fucking tall. And it's just natural. In basketball, there's a reason why over time we've seen guys get taller and taller and taller, play certain positions, and then they kind of stop. You've never seen a seven foot eight guy, even though there's not too many of them, but you've never seen a super tall guy playing certain positions. Like, uh, I don't know, like a, a small, small, you know, shooting guard or point guard. You really don't see that or in any other position because over time, with time, the, the kind of these things kind of filter them sort themselves out if sorry I understand everybody's system is is different but if sorry really believes that your your backs left or right back need to be tall then we would see a majority of backs spread across the world being of a certain a similar build all you know there's exceptions to the rules but you know, rarely do you find center backs. How tall are center backs normally? Pretty fucking tall. Over Pretty six foot. Pretty fucking tall. Yeah. Over six foot. Why? Is that like, is that is that because all managers get the same book? Or over time, over time, it's kind of just these theories have been proven over and over and over again that you should have two guys back there that are amongst the tallest guys on the starting 11. But, in the in the left in, in left back and right back position, correct me if I'm wrong. A majority of these guys are not always over six foot tall. I, I, yeah. How tall is Jordi Alba? I think I'm taller <laughs> than Jordi Alba. <laughs> exactly. And Wonder I'm almost not. six Jordi foot tall. Jordi Alba, all these guys, obviously, who have been succeeding in those positions and aren't fucking huge. It, it just, I, I think that Danny we both, Alves. Uh, I mean, Danny Alves. Exactly. What? R- Danny Alves, uh, Roberto Carlos, Carlos. <laughs> like Roberto yeah. Carlos, like all these guys, you know. And again, let's let's be fair, Amity. Let's be fair. Let's just say that the guys that we're mentioning are the exceptions and not the rules. However, I, if it, it like it, it seemed that the exceptions are saying that height doesn't necessarily it, 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 the exceptions are pointing to that the height doesn't necessarily mean. That you are going to excel in that position. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, it's certainly not a requirement. That's for sure. I mean, maybe some players are standouts, and they might break the, the they might be the exception to the rule. But come on, like everybody, if we've been watching the game long enough to know that that's not necessarily a, a guarantee across the board. So if that's something we know, surely, surely the manager of our club should know it. Yeah, he does know it. He knows it. He knows it. For whatever reason. He, I, when I heard that, I'm like, that's bullshit, and you know it. That's bullshit, <laughs> and you know it. You and I both know it. Just like we'll get to it at the end of the game. We'll get to it at the end of the game. The 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 drama 
between Sari and the keeper. We'll get to it a little bit later. Um, but keeping on the defense, I thought Rudiger and in in Aspie and David Luiz. I think the the back four. For me, they played excellent. Like I can't find credit. Well, there's one player that I, two players that we're gonna criticize. At least I am. But the back four for me, perfect. I I can't I can't ask of them anything more. Of course, there's little plays here and there, but I didn't see. I I can't I can't think of anything. You? I can't. I can't honestly. I mean, there's the one play in transition when Rudiger had to foul, and I also think. He took a risk because he could have. Nece- he could have. Ex- nah, I don't think I've ever seen it happen. But to have a player make two yellow card worthy tackles in the same play, it could result in sending off. However, I think he did what he had to do in order to stop the play. That being said, I've rarely seen Rudiger and Louise together have the kind of game they had today, where they were kind of switched on, both aware of each other's presence and also aware of their positioning. Uh, there are times when I think. Even teams like Bournemouth uh, made them look like second-rate defenders because they were all over the pitch. They weren't keeping a line. They were kind of playing like a zigzag on their offense on the uh, when the when they when they had the ball. This is against Bournemouth yeah. today. That was a complete opposite. They were obviously on the same page. They were both aware of um, any attacking threats, and in transition, they were quick to the ball and made the right decisions. That's I think that last point might be the most crucial. Important enough for defenders is making a tackle or having the right positional awareness but to actually make the right decision in one of the you know a high stress and a situation where you don't have much time to second guess yourself that's something that they both did well today they were switched on and made the right choices in the right moments that being said there's a there's a real part of me that says if they're able to do this in this kind of a situation where has this been for the, the yeah. consistency that's what I think is most important for a defender. You have to be consistent. That's why Aspie has been rated one of the best defenders in the league for so yep. many years. Because he shows up every game. He shows up and puts in a 10 out of 10. And if, and if he doesn't, he's leaving it all on the field. He's, he's motivating his other teammates. He's acting like a captain, like a leader. Yep. Today, Rudiger and Luis did that. They both acted like true leaders. They made the key decisions in the right moments. And I think with the exception of one or two plays, got it all right. Um even when they're fouling, those those fouls are necessary sometimes. The one that Luis picked up yeah. a yellow for, and the one that Rudiger got a yellow for, both of them had to happen. If they don't, we're going under. We're going under, and we're getting, we're going to ship a goal if we're lucky. So, I don't know, man. That's like, it's so hard for me to say this because I, there have been times I've been deriding the two of them during the season by saying they don't know what they're doing. They're running around like headless chickens. They don't have. They're not on the same page, et cetera, et cetera. That today is not a point I can make. Yeah. No, absolutely. I I I agree with with everything you said. With everything you said. All right, so midfield. Now, let's start with Ross Barkley. I think Ross Barkley and Pedro for a majority of our game were our two poorest players. I'd agree with that. I I I think a majority of the game they were terrible. Um but having said that, I think at least Ross Barkley, this might have been one of his better performance. Um, it, it it's it's just you know what it looked like. It looked yeah he for me Ross Barkley did play better than he normally plays. Having said that, it's just his best at this point, in my opinion, isn't good enough. It's just not good enough, my man. Um, 
I just I'm not I'm not confident with him. I'm I'm just not confident um with, with with him on the ball, with him defending. And quite honestly, I I think it's time like from early on I'll I'll never know if this is the truth or not, but I believe from early on right around the 50th, 60th minute if Ruben Loftus-Cheek comes on, you and I are having a very different conversation. Oh, for sure, dude. When he came on, he changed the he changed the way we played. They had to respect his ability to not only move in transition, but work together with uh, Hazard. Like the the quickness, the the understanding that he has for the movement of a winger, and also his his first touch is always positive. If you, I don't know if you noticed, but Barkley, when he receives the ball with his back to the opposition goal, he tends to not check his shoulder and goes directly back in the way the ball came. Ruben had, I know you know this because you must have seen the same thing I saw. There was a play, Ruben had that first touch, that amazing first touch that just left Barkley in the, I mean, uh, not Barkley, that left, uh, uh, what's his name, the right winger, right back for uh, uh, for City. Uh, Walker. Walker. Walker, yeah. Walker. He left Walker in the dust because left for of dead. his awareness. Left for dead. I mean, dude, that's that, that little bit of understanding and the, I guess, confidence to pull off something like that in a, in an area where you can afford to make those sorts of uh, uh, decisions, like, you know, in, a, in an offensive transition. He is the kind of player who will take those risks, and he's good enough to pull them off. I think that that's where he and Barkley differ. A, it might be a confidence thing, but B, the level of quality between the two of them, I really feel like Ruben Loftus-Cheek provides something different um, with his with the ball at his feet. And also... And, and his awareness of what the next pass and and, and what the, the, the I guess the, the the decision that he's making is going to do for his winger, for the supporting midfielder, and for the team as a whole. I just feel more confident when he's receiving the ball in, in those positions than I do with Barkley. That um I, I think we we are definitely talking about the should have been assist of the century. Absolutely. That that uh, I think I'm going out on a limb here, um, but feel free to follow me on the uh, extremes of this limb. That might have been the greatest assist of all time if the ref would have kept that flag down. You're talking about the dude caught... uh, I I don't even know... Amity, help me out here because I don't have the vocabulary to describe what I saw. It was a volley, flick, spin... I, I don't... I don't... I don't even know. All I know is when I saw it, I was like, "Whoa! Oh my bro. god!" Bro, I made some noise. I don't, I don't know what noise I made. It sounded like I—I I, I probably sounded like I was just like I had just achieved orgasm. I know, I know. My girl was sitting next to me. She was like, "Whoa! What the hell was that?" I was, I was just like, "Whoa!" But yo, bro, he—he he made it look like he never checked his shoulder. He never let on that he was going to make that move. Walker got sold down the river. It was just—it was just beautiful. And that sort of daring confident type of play is what we need it's also the same thing that we saw from callum these guys want the ball they don't shy away from these big opportunities they excel they their level goes up and to see rlc like that in a cup final knowing that he might it might not work but he's gonna pull it off i mean that's that man i was so excited but then again that play should have gone to var they should have continued to play i don't know why they whistled it dead that's like a a complete under a misunderstanding by the one person who has to understand it, the man in the middle, of what VAR is about. It's yeah. just, I don't know, man. It, it was so frustrating to see that uh, ruled out and 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 the glory of that play and, and, and just the sheer class of yeah. a player 
like that who understood that you know this is an opportunity to make a big play in the game so for him to to not really be able to live that out for hazard to be called off and for them not to pull it back and review it was just i think they shit the bed there yeah they did yeah, they, they did they did i, I agree um just going back to a quick a quick thing you brought up um i don't know about you amity but i definitely when i'm making love and i'm about to bust i don't make a woo sound i look at my wife dead in her eye and say daddy's coming <laughs> daddy is coming <laughs> bro <laughs> fucking shit Amity, stop laughing we lost the game today bro stop bro, I'm laughing sorry. i'm sorry i'm sorry what the hell man <laughs> I'm trying to be sad over here, but come on. <laughs> Things like that, moments like that in a game, just like it's the way that Hazard makes you feel when he pulls off something outrageous. Uh, it's the way that every time he receives the ball, you're thinking, damn, what's he going to do next? That's the kind of electric player that our RLC and Callum Hudson-Doy are. That's what they That's what they possess in their, in their yeah. lockers. So, I mean, it's just, as a fan, I love it. I love seeing that kind of confidence. I love seeing that kind of execution because it shows me that these players have that in their arsenal and they're willing to use it in the most high-profile situation possible. So kudos to him. And also, I mean, I got to show some respect to Hazard, who did similarly on, on more than one occasion. He had a four-on-one where he managed to work a shot. It got blocked. But, I mean, playing as a lone striker for such a long time, he provided so much for us going forward today. And it's really hard to say that, I think that might be his best false nine performance. Yeah, it is. It is. At 100%, without a doubt, it is. Um, yeah, okay. Jorginho. Uh, Before I say, give my opinion on Jorginho's match today, um, I, I, we got to touch on something that happened in the last match where he got booed. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was. <sighs> come on, guys. We got to do better. Guys, as a fan base, we got to do better. I understand the sentiment. I get where it's coming from. Jorginho, uh, you know, uh, Jorginho represents sorry, sorry ball. I get it. I get it. But yeah, that's at a match in the middle of the match. That's just not that's not the time. That's not the time nor the place for that. Like you can't be booing our players, man. You can't. You, you what just kind of can't. fan? What kind of a fan boos their own players? Frankly, like that's the most toxic shit in the world. And I, honestly, it's been coming. There's there are too many Chelsea fans who are really just I mean this sounds so fucking stupid. This is thing football Twitter, all right? Football Twitter is in and of itself a toxic thing. The the the, the fans or the, those who call themselves fans are just there looking to get a rise out of people, looking to, you know, to get people to to somehow jump on the bandwagon when they have these incendiary fucking comments and it's like a cancer. It grows in the club amongst the fans, to the point where you get people booing your own players. If you're not there to support the fucking club, go home. Yeah. Go the fuck home. No one, there's no need for it. We'll find someone else to get there and fucking support the team. I'm in America. I'm not at the game. I go to the games when I can afford to. But the fact is, if I'm there, and even if we're losing 8 nothing, I'm not booing a player. Maybe the club itself needs to be taken a look at. But if the fans aren't backing the team, then fuck off. Yeah. Go support someone else. You want to boo the fans? We are like Arsenal now. So many times I've been watching Arsenal at halftime. They're not winning a game. The fans are booing. Even if they're maybe they're losing, the fans are booing. I mean, I get it. It was part of that, the post Arson and during, I guess, the end of his reign era. But it it promotes this this feeling of well, 
I'm never going to be a full fan anymore. We can't back the team even when they're struggling. If the players don't feel that they have the fans backing, who are they playing for? Yeah. I, I just um, – I, I can't I, – I've been to I've, – I've been to – since seven years old, I've been to four to five Miami Dolphin games. And I know it's not – I know it's not football, English football. I get it. I get it. But I've been to enough sporting events, um, four to five games out of eight every single season since I've been seven years old, um, for the most part, average. I've no, I know for a fact during that time, Dolphins have been shit for a long time, but I can't remember ever booing them. At halftime, I of course I've been upset at the manager, at the coach for your decision. What the hell are you doing? Take this guy off, Marcus Alonso. I've been giving Marcus Alonso, Pedro, William shit all season. However, in no point in time do I say you guys are shit. Get off. I say sorry. What the hell are you doing? Get these guys off. We need to win this game. But never once in my anger, I, I, I don't, I don't I don't feel this way. I don't have anger and hatred to the point of booing them in the middle of a game. How is that going to be helpful? So, I it just mean, can't help. It can't it, help. It can't, Players it, hear that they put their heads down. They're they start humans. To be reactive. Exactly. They're, they're humans. humans. All they do is make them feel more jaded. It's going to make them less inclined to say sorry to the fans for games we lose it's become less inclined to 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 give their all because what the hell if their fans don't respect them if the fans aren't backing them who are they playing i said it before but who are they fucking playing for like i get it fans want to have more of a say they want to have more power it's part of the reason why you and i have both developed podcasts it's part of the reason why people have video channels and have a kind of a not necessarily the ear of the club but they have far more uh uh chance to voice their opinions and to be heard a lot of fans want that. That's part of the reason football Twitter is so fucking toxic is because fans feel as long as they're saying something, no matter whether it's fucking ridiculous, uh, cancerous, bad, or just something you know that they think is, quote, banter, but it's really a fucking hateful thing to say, which happens all the time on football Twitter, then yeah, they're getting, quote, heard. But they're not getting heard. Booing, fan, booing your players doesn't get you an, a pipeline to the club. It just makes the players less inclined to give 100% for the shirt. And yes, I also find that ridiculous because players should be always giving 100%, the fact that they're getting paid ridiculously. But that doesn't translate. They're human beings, like you said. It's just the way it is. You got to have a little bit of respect and to understand this isn't something that, you know, the players don't necessarily owe anyone but the fans. And once the fans start turning on them, who are they going to play for, man? Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. But uh, Jorginho in this match was... Awesome, um, PK. He played well, man. He was, PK he was aside, the player. I, PK yeah, but that's aside, not his performance. That's not his performance. Yeah, that's dude. that's two different things. Two different yes. things. As a yes. matter of fact, like, okay, we lost on PKs. Like, that doesn't necessarily like. Yeah, I could. See, we could. We can both sit here and and criticize. You know, technique on the PKs, but I don't. I I don't. I really don't put too much stock into what happened in the shootout. Like I put more stock and I want to know what happened more in the, what in the two hours, two hours. Yeah. It comes out to two hours yeah. of game time. And Jorginho was awesome. 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 He was today. 
Um, I have no criticism for him. Now, um, a man that I don't even feel right calling him a man. I think it's almost, a, I think it's almost a lack of respect to call this person a man. That is Ngolo Kante. I think Ngolo Kante is closer. Like, no, he's an alien, dude. He's an alien. Then that even like that to me. That doesn't have enough respect on his name. <laughs> like, uh, God, uh, a perfect human, like perfect. Uh, I don't even know what an angel. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I think don't an know. angel. An angel works. He's been he's been sent down to just do good works. Period. I, I don't. I don't. For two hours, he ran a hundred percent. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he's, is he even human? Like there's, there is something I'm certain of it. He for sure has larger lung capacity, larger veins. There is a physical answer. There is a real answer to why that man is capable and able to run the at the velocity and the speed that he runs at for the amount of time he is not if you did an autopsy on angolo conte right now there's no way that he has a normal size heart normal size lungs his veins something something is there allowing him to run more than anybody else I I don't know I don't know Amity I don't have any answers Take it away Bro, man. It was he someone during the during the uh, during the game I think a commentator said I believe that N'Golo Kante has three lungs and I was like bro that actually that actually sounds to be right the only explanation I can think of for him running full speed at all times down every channel after every ball running back to be the person to get us out of trouble because when that when that Raheem Sterling uh, beating Ederson move came he was the one who was there to kick it away. Then again, he was also the one who almost scored off of Hazard's long run. I yeah. mean, dude, guy is literally everywhere. And yeah. it's it's plays like that that other players see him, see him doing that, and they're like, damn, like that guy's on my team giving 150%. I have to up my game. I have to also bring it to this level. And that, I mean, dude, there's no better motivator. There's yeah. no better motivator. Yeah. I, I um I personally like I'm proud to be an American, but I would gladly if Gangolo Conte ran for president for, of France, I would gladly switch my nationality just so I can have the honor of voting for him. Like whatever he whatever he decides to do, bro. This is how much I love Gangolo Conte more than any other Chelsea player on this roster currently. Whatever he could put in a transfer request tomorrow, tomorrow for Tottenham, and I would cheer his name. That's how much I love N'Golo Conte. Like, this dude is perfect in my eyes. Perfect. Perfect. He is. And his attitude is, it makes it even better to watch, dude. He's never complaining. He's never calling out the other players on his team. He's never yelling at the ref. He's never getting into it with other players. He is just going about his business, giving 110% at all times. And the guy doesn't have, he doesn't have an off, an off switch. He just goes. Yeah. There's like... There's no, you know, he's not giving a 70% effort. He's not giving a 6 out of 10. You don't see that, man. Yeah. You just don't see it. The guy gives it all. So for me, watching Golo Kante, it's, it's eternally satisfying because he never has a moment where you're like, damn, I wish he'd really step up his game. I wish he'd do this or that. No, he just brings it. Yeah. The fact no. is, if every, if every player on the team did it, 
we would have a different squad. Yeah, if we had eleven and Golo Conte's one, we would be perfect, and we'd we'd win we'd win a quadruple trophy every single year, quadruple, and the Ballon d'Or because I mean, an Angolo Conte would win. <laughs> He would win every single every single Facts. award available. Every single award Facts. available. Oh my god. Um now two guys that deserve not deserve some type of credit, but Pedro and William. Um and Golo Conte perfect. He he played amazing today. Um I believe he should have scored on goal, but then again, I don't know what it's like to run as fast as you can. Uh on a play from one end to the pitch to the other to to try then to put a perfect shot on. I don't know what that feels like. So should he have scored? Absolutely. But am I going to criticize yeah. him for it? Absolutely not. Um, William He's and Pedro. the only guy, man. The only guy. The only guy. The only broke guy. Neck, broke the his on- neck to get down there and give Hazard an option. Everybody else just fucking watched. The Everyone. only guy. The on- I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. N'Golo Conte puts in a transfer request right now for Tottenham. I would cheer his name. I would cheer his name. I wouldn't buy Bro. his jersey. But I would cheer some, some players, some players, they just have the respect and admiration of fans. It's it was also true for Juan Mata when he was with us, and now even when he comes back to the bridge, yeah, he gets clapped off every time. We every time, two zero to Man U were down, and the fans rose and gave him a standing ovation because they respect what he's done for the club. Every time, Conte Conte will eternally have that at Chelsea and in everywhere he's been because he's just that good. Yeah. I I I was we were we were and then we're, we'll move on from Conte after this. But I was having a discussion, um, with who was it? I don't online online it was on Twitter. What would the criticism be like for if let's say if a player, uh, you know, intentionally fouled and Golo Conte like attempted to hurt him? Like I think both both teams. Would stick up for Angolo Conte. Like I honestly Hell believe yeah. that. I Hell yeah. honestly believe that. Absolutely. I think both players would look at the, the, the that guy and go, "What the fuck are you doing, bro? Like, does Angolo Conte like he doesn't bother nobody?" So, um, William and Pedro. William and Pedro. Uh, William uh, paid better than Pedro. Um, I'm done with Pedro. I've I've bro. already I've I'm done with. Him. I'm 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 not necessarily done with him. However, if we don't see an improvement to his understanding of what he's expected to do on both sides of the ball, I don't mean to say that he's not performing on offense. I think he does. I know he runs kind of willy nilly like a chicken with his head cut off sometimes. But if he does maybe a third of the time, he's getting everything right as far as when to make his runs and who to play the ball to in transition. There are times when he underhits it or when he's you know, just a second too late and it gets cut out. But his understanding is there. It's just the execution. And I've been frustrated with Pedro since last season. Honestly, the last time I saw Pedro do something I really, really appreciated was in 2016-17 when he scored that goal against Everton. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a crucial goal the team needed. His reaction said it all. He was in great form for us that season. And the understanding of the system that we're playing, of Conte's 16-17 system, was top-notch. He's the one who broke out against United, scored within 30 seconds. Yep. He, he, he played for every ball. He ran for every pass. And I was so happy that we had him. You know, it was, it was night and day to the way that I see him playing this season. And it's like every other game, I'm saying to myself, why is he starting him? Yep. You know? And yep. maybe it's because we don't have a lot. 
for a while I said it was a lack of a better option, but we've got Callum Hudson-Odoi sitting on the bench. You can't possibly tell me that he's not a better option than Willian starting. And maybe, and just maybe, sorry feels Hudson-Odoi can be most effective coming off the bench when other players are tired. But come on, dude. It's just, the difference between the two of them, it's just not, it's just not on, like, it's not worth discussing. Yeah. One, one of them has some fire in the belly. The other is kind of lost out there, making the wrong decisions, running around. Basically, I really feel like he just runs around a lot. And, like, that that sucks because I don't want to say that about him. I really do respect him as a player, but he's just not been the same. It's just not been the same. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm, I'm done with him. I'm, I'm, I'm officially done with Pedro. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Yes, yes, guys. He did score a phenomenal goal this season. It was what before December he had that beautiful goal where David Luiz passed it to him, put him on a plate, and he had a great goal. Uh, sometime around December, November, sometime around then. I know it was before Christmas. Yes, you know he's had his moments here and there, but he just doesn't do it for me. And and this is. I think he's the third choice right winger, um, and I'm not a fan of him nor of Willian. Uh, Willian has been on my shit list for a long time now. Yeah, you're not alone. And he's outperforming Pedro. Like, it's over, man. Like, it is over. I thought for sure sometime it was around October, November, December, that at the end of this season, the one I absolutely want gone was William and I could deal with Pedro. Not the case anymore. Yeah, Pedro's the, the one that needs to go. Cannot be here any longer. And I don't want William here, but I mean, if we can't get anybody else in, fine. Even but even today, what did William do? I I I can't he made a, I think that for today, I think that it was all about his his commitment. There were times in the season, this season, and even this season when we, when we won the title, when I felt he would be less than motivated. I know that that's like a silly criticism from someone come, uh, watching the game because Sari is the one picking him and yeah. must feel that he's got something to offer. However, there were times this game when I said to myself, damn, William's he's really given 100%. And that's not something I always say about William. I, always, I kind of feel that he, has, he can disappear for a while. He can have games where he's really committed and it tends to come against weaker opposition, uh, that, you know, I'm like, damn, this is the William we wanted to be signed and wanted to develop. And then there's games like, you know, in the in the 4-0 loss to Bournemouth and, and uh, who was it? I'm trying to think of another game where I felt he was pedestrian. There are just times during the season when I feel like he dropped out of the game and I forget he's playing. Yeah. I, I did, okay, well, to be fair to William and Pedro, I did see that. I did feel, I saw... Pedro losing the ball today and then two seconds later picking it back up um, where I, I was like, all right, I mean, I guess if you're going to lose the ball, you got to win it back. You got to win it back. You have to yep. do everything 100%. in your power to win it back. And I felt like William and Pedro did that at times. But then again, look, look how I have to start that sentence. If you lose the ball, the question is, why are you losing the ball? Why are you losing the ball? Why? Unless you're making an offensive play and you're trying to get into the final third. We shouldn't be conceding possession. You're all quality, talented players. And yes, against certain teams, the pressure is high, and they're good enough defensively, and their positional awareness is good enough that they can cut out passes. That's the same with any team. However, that should only come when you're taking risks. 
yes, taking a risk might mean you lose the ball. It might mean your pass doesn't make it to its intended target. It might mean that the person wasn't making that run or maybe they didn't make it fast enough, whatever the reasons may be. The reality is if you are trying something risky, then yeah, it might not come off. But in the, in the areas where we need to be sure of our, pos- of our passing, and players like Jorginho were guilty of this at certain times today too, your pass has to get there and it has to get there with the right pace. And at this level, I find that inexcusable when you don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just – you can't – too often where I – you just – you know what? You said it perfect. You said it perfect. What am I trying to, you know, highlight what you said? You said it perfect, my man. Eden, Michael has it. Is it Eden or Eden? Which one do you prefer? Eden. Eden? All right. Eden. I mean, it's – he says it – I mean, I think he's Francophone, so I say Eden Hazard because – as a French speaker, that's the way I would Look say. Look at you flexing on the podcast. That's a little, a small little flex there. Oh the my god, I wasn't ready. I wasn't <laughs> ready, dude, bro. You, you, you drip some swag on. Get it, bro. I was not expecting this. Good. Careful, you might drown. <laughs> Slippery swag is on the float. <laughs> <laughs> bro we lost it why are you laughing man yo i know man no, I know. <laughs> but dude this guy another one another one a 10 out of 10 i can't i mean what could you say what he did something to oh okay so the pk today come on man yo, you can't that, these are yo. professionals here you can Eden hazard you cannot be taking that type of pk on a professional dude like what are you doing rude. this man has a family awesome. bro, bro like, so, that's the sauciest pen i think i've seen this i've year. never seen that before in my life and I, he I, didn't hit it he didn't only hit it with the panenka he hit it in the same way ederson was going and ederson just could just watch it I, bro i i i don't I have nothing. I don't have anything to say. Like I've never seen that before. I've never seen that, bro. Do you? First of all, let's talk about. Let's talk about the size of Eden Hazard's balls. To sit there in a final and say, "I'm gonna chip you, okay?" And I'm gonna chip you going the same way that you're going. And yep. and 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 it's not even gonna be like to think to think that, bro. Like I get it. Like the keeper's out. You know, it happens yeah, to FIFA yeah. all the time. You press Y or triangle, whatever you press. <laughs> you pull the keeper out. And when, when you know, the keeper's halfway in the box, you chip him over. It's an easy goal yep. every time when they do it. Yep. I get it. But when the keeper's on the line and you still chip him, you go over his head like that? Come on, Eden Hazard. Why do you do it to him like that? Oh, boy. At 10 out of 10, best player in England. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear about KDB. I don't want to hear about Mo Salah. I don't want to hear about whoever you're going to put in there. Eden Michael Hazard is the best fucking player in England. I don't want to hear it. And it's not even close. It's not even close. I don't want to hear it. Bro, KDB, how long did he play? He played the entire game. I did not see him. Where was Kevin DeBruyne? I didn't see him. Was he there? Was he at the game? He was playing. I didn't see him. He was subbed off in the end for Mkhitaryan. Not Mkhitaryan. For uh, this guy from the from Borussia Dortmund. Uh, what the fuck is this man's name? Who, Sonic? No, 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 no. The other one. Um. When, 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 when? Uh, what is it? Gundogan. Ek Gundogan, it was substituted for 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 uh, KDB. Uh, KD, uh, he came uh, on for yeah, KDB. Yeah, he came on for KDB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I didn't. But tell me what he did this game. I didn't see him. But you know who I saw? I saw Eden Michael Hazard playing out of position, bossing shit. Bossing shit, Running at people. So, again, we lost. I get it. I get it. But if you're going to lose, because everybody's got to lose sometime, this is the type of performance I expect from my team. I don't want to be questioning whether you are uh, uh, one of the best teams in England, one amongst the best teams in Europe. When you put performance in performances like this, win or loss, win or lose, there's nobody questioning if you are. When we lose, like we lost to Bournemouth. When we lose, like we lost to City. When we lose, like when we drew at West Ham. When we have these games where you're like, bro, like, are you? one of the best teams in England or you're like a mid-table team or are like, you pretenders exactly exactly like like the 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 those those games you question but games like this where where yeah we lost but bro everybody hustled everybody broke their ass to to to, to play hard man like facts I, I don't I don't know all right so we went to the wings, but we forgot to mention a special, special, special somebody. Callum Hudson Adoy. Yep, yep. God damn it. Are you another one? What did he do? What did he do where I was like, oh, god damn, Callum oh, Hudson Adoy? The Maradona? Did he do the Maradona and got fouled? Oh, he did. No, I, I think it was that. I think it was that. Was yeah, it that? He, he did up Zinchenko with the with the Maradona, got fouled, and just got up and went about his business. That's one of the things I like <sighs> most about him. Yeah, he's got flair. He's got touch. He's obviously super confident. But if you watch him, he's not bugging out out there, man. He's not losing his cool. He's not acting like an 18-year-old on the biggest stage. He's, he's cool, calm, and collected. The guy does not have to worry about losing it. He doesn't have to. You can see it in his body language. He's coming on. He's like, all right, I'm about to do my job. Yeah. There's never a moment on the field when he's looking like he's bewildered, like a deer in the headlights. I've seen plenty of young players out there kind of, you know, you can tell by their by their body language and also by the way that they're kind of frenetic and frantic in their movement. Some players are built for this. Callum Hudson-Odoi is built for this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I like about him? When he makes a mistake, he lost, I think it was a couple of times, he, he lost the ball. Oh, it was a bad pass. It's not he lost the ball. One of them was with N'Golo Kante, but we are not. We've already established we're not criticizing N'Golo Kante. One of them was a bad pass by N'Golo Kante. And he looked like, yo, what the fuck? Come on, man. Let's go. I love that. He's 18 yeah, years yeah, yeah, old. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a grown-ass man out there going, yo, what the fuck? Come on. Let's go. Give me the ball at my feet. Let's go. Let's go. That's what I like. That's what I like. And I get it, sorry. I get it. You think he's a kid? I get it that he's the exception, not the rule, that other 18-year-olds. But I don't care about other 18-year-olds. I don't care about Phil Foden. I don't care about all the other 18-year-olds out there. Uh, Sancho, this, that, the other. All I care about is Colin hudson Adoy. And right now in our, in, our, in, 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 in our roster and where we're at as a club right now, this man needs to be... Either choice A or choice B coming off the bench or starting as our right winger. I get it. He's not gonna over he's not gonna overtake Eden Hazard on the left, but on the right, this kid, this man needs to be playing more often. And today showed it. Today was perfect. I think I I 
Bro, let's talk about Sorry. I think Sorry got it 100% correct today. I don't think Sorry could have done anything different. Yes, he could have. Outside of starting different people, uh, outside of starting Ross Barkley, if, uh, uh, Ruben lost cheek for Ross Barkley, outside of starting Kalama uh, Tindanoi for Pedro, I don't think that we could he could have done anything different. His man management was perfect. His tactics, perfect. Uh, his lineup, good. Very good. I'd say that's his big, the, the biggest part where he could have done better. His lineup. But other than that, sorry, sorry came through. He got it right today, man. He, he got, got it right today. And that's something, I mean, I, I tweeted it earlier during the match, and it kind of pisses me off, to be frank, that they uh, took him six months, bro. Like, you can't tell me he hasn't been watching this team the same as the same as we have. You more. can't tell me he hasn't he, he hasn't sees seen him more. He sees him more. Exactly, exactly. So for me, it's problematic that it took you a half a year to figure out your you know, maybe you gotta change things sometimes. Maybe you can't play the exact same system every game. Now like, uh, uh no no finish, finish, finish. I just feel like there's a little bit of stubbornness there. Maybe not a little bit. There's a lot of stubbornness there. He needs to understand that a team like Chelsea, especially who has switched major majorly switched tactically between managers, as we do because we are a quick turnover manager team. The players are adaptable, man. You got to know that. Your players are adaptable. They can play multiple systems. The fact is, Conte's come in and changed the system. Mourinho changed the system when he was here. Sarri has come in and changed the system now. Even when we were had an interim manager, bro, he had his own system. The yep. players can do that. It's not about that. It's not about that. He doesn't understand or he's too stubborn to, to realize and give them that freedom that they need to perform for him. And finally, he does so. Finally, he does so. And it's, it's in a cup final? Bro. Yeah. It had to it, it had to come before this, man. It had to come before this. Yeah. No, I agree. Um I agree. And and I I I still maintain that the only reason we are questioning whether he is the right manager has nothing to do with external forces. It has everything to do with his decisions. If from here on out and and we uh, excuse me, and we can go this is the perfect opportunity to bring up the whole Keppa substitution, sorry, uh, bro. I've been hearing this word a lot, and I love it. Kerfuffle. I love that word. Kerfuffle. This whole kerfuffle. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly won. I think it's gonna be a blessing in disguise. Two things: blessing in disguise. How we played today, and that. What Keppa did kind of gave Sari a massive boost in sympathy. Um, I don't know how the board is going to see it. Maybe they see it that this man has lost the locker room, but I hope not. Um, I, I hope not. And number two, Keppa. As a person that I am in, it is in my personality to be closer to how Keppa reacted. And how he reacted is, don't take me off. I believe in myself. I can do this. I am perfectly fine. I do not want to come off this game. I want to stay. Uh, my fucking dogs are barking. But this is the All-American Chelsea podcast. Um, <laughs> I, they're just agreeing. They're just agreeing with your point. Yeah, right? no, no, no. They're, they're, they're like, yo, facts, facts, <laughs> man. 
<laughs> so like i get it i get it i i i'm somebody that has ultimate confidence and belief in myself when you say i can't i say watch however bro like you, you, you can't be doing that there like you just you, you you can't be doing that there and and i think i hope that keppa he's a young guy um i hope that he has a serious moment of maturity and yeah, man, sees that he needs to fix this he's got room he's got room he's got room to mature he's a young guy he's probably gonna look back on this moment and think to himself damn like i mean he just released a statement i don't know if you've seen it he just no, released I didn't. so his, his i'm just gonna read his statement uh okay. word for word um so basically i don't know if i agree with this but let's just run it and then we can talk about it after yo i hear you with the horn bro i'm about to read it relax <laughs> new york city coming new at york you city coming at you man straight up people just had to hear making sure they had heard all right listen quote Upset and sad for not being able to take the title. We fought until the end against a great team. Yo, I hear you, bro. We will continue working to be stronger. I would also like to clarify some facts of today's match. And this is where it gets into it. First of all, I regret how the end of the match has been portrayed. At no time has it been my intention to disobey the coach or any of his decisions. I think everything has been misunderstood in the heat of the final part of a match for a title. The coach thought I was not in a position to play on, and my intention was to express that I was in good condition to continue helping the team while the docs that had treated me arrived at the bench to give the message. I feel the image that has been portrayed was not my intention. I have full respect for the coach and his authority. That's the entirety of the message. So I get it. Damage control, damage control. However, he's trying to make it known publicly that it wasn't about him and Sari having a disagreement or having beef. He's calling it a misunderstanding, and Sari in his post-match remarks called it a misunderstanding. I don't know if that's a coordinated effort to squash this shit so the public, so the media doesn't, you know, make it a thing, but... I appreciate that. They're on the same page with it, and at least they're acting. Maybe maybe not really, but maybe at least they're acting like shit is all good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I I think everybody because I did see Sorry's post match, or at least I read Sorry's post match what he said about it. Yeah. Um yeah. I think yeah. Now, question. If Sorry benches Keppa for the Oh, wait, but first Everybody going on, I was watching it on TV. The announcers going, oh, well, poor Willie Caballero. Fuck you. I don't give a shit about what Willie Caballero thinks, okay? This is a problem between yeah, Sorry and Keppa. And Keppa. Exactly. I don't want to hear nothing about Willie Caballero. And they were showing him, like, like, like praying that a tear was coming down his eye. Bro, like, <laughs> I don't give two shits about Willie Caballero. As a matter of fact, I'll take Keppa injured all day every day in that position i do i personally am not a fan of willie cabrero so um yeah i don't think he's the guy to start games i think he's good in penalties and that's pretty much his thing i, I don't even want him in penalties i don't want decision him. making <laughs> i don't want him i don't want him i don't i don't i i still i have images of the world cup and his performance there i got still text message burned into my mind about people giving me shit how a chelsea keeper for argentina during the world cup i don't want him i don't want to hear it (laughs) enough with willie caballero i don't want it um so having said that how would you feel if sorry for the tottenham game coming up bench couple for for uh, caballero Fuck, I don't know, man. I don't want him to do it. 
I don't see why you would sacrifice points or performance for to prove a point. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I get it. He probably is pissed that he didn't get what he wanted, and that Keppa appeared. I know this is what the media are saying. Appeared to to disrespect him, to disrespect his authority. I get it, man. I understand. It looks bad. I don't know really if I'm going to go with the statement either because I'm not. A, I mean, I had my own eyes. I could see the way things looked. It didn't look to be the the, the most respectful of conduct. However, yeah. at the end of the day. He's a 70 million pound rated keeper and he's our best keeper. He should be playing. Yeah. I don't, I mean, that's the thing. I know a lot of fans are going to be like, what's the principle? What's the pr-? Fuck that, bro. We need points. We need to have a better squad than the team we're playing or the best team we can put out. If those things aren't being met, sorry, he's going to get dragged under the bus again. Well, why didn't he play his first choice keeper? Well, they're having beef. And then it gets talked about over and over and over. It's never going to be out of the media. As long as it's a thing on our side, it's going to be a thing for them. And I think we just need to move past it, frankly. If yeah. these statements are congruent, if these statements are congruent, if they've had a, some kind of cooperation behind the scenes, whatever it suggests, it's, it's better than it was during, during the time of the game. So let's move in that direction. Let's continue moving in that direction. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. I agreed. Um, I guess here we go. Here. Oh. Come on. Anyway. Come on. Yo, the fire department. God damn it. Bro, NYFD, get your shit together. We are recording a podcast here. God damn it. Um, now, I uh, let's go to the PKs real quick because I saw something and I knew, I knew it. It could be a problem. And that was, I don't know if you picked up on it too, Amity. That was when I saw... Marcus Alonso standing next to Hilario and Keppa and another goal in the goal and another goalkeeping coach. Oh yeah. When yeah. they were getting the instructions to Keppa and I saw Marcus Alonso there, I'm like, bro, get this fucking guy away get the from fuck him. Away. <laughs> get him away. Get him away. He's putting the stink on Keppa. I yeah. personally believe. I personally believe, and I will continue believing this. Nobody can tell me shit otherwise that. If Marcus Alonso wasn't standing next to Keppa, we would have had a different game on a different outcome. I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm going on record saying it right here, right bro, now. You're going out in the limb. I am going, I, bro. Like sometimes a hero must stand alone. <laughs> I am telling you right now, if Marcus Alonso is not in that little huddle, Keppa saves everything, and we're champions. I'm saying it now. I'm saying it now. Don't give a shit. <sighs> we, bro, that guy, I just don't want him. I don't want him around. I don't want him around. I don't want him. I don't want Marcus Alonso. I'm done. I'm done. Um, I mean, I feel you, bro. I don't want him. I've never, I've never wanted him. I'll, t- I'll be honest with you. I think he had way too much surrounding him before joining the club that I, I thought was unnecessary. We've had our own issues. We didn't need another. Um, and I'm not even going to go into it. People, people already know. If you know, yeah. you know. If you know, um, you know, as Pusha T says. If facts. You no, know, you know. Um, I, I, just, I, mean, I discussed it in my last podcast. It, yeah, it, it is what it is. It, that, it is what it is. So that's the thing. We didn't need to be around the club in the first place. But since we did, we need to be able to find a way to, to play him as, our, as, our, as best we can. Or he needs to get the fuck out. And like too many fans dislike him. Too many times has he, has he ended up just staying and, and and being the same player, I haven't seen an improvement year nope. on year. Nope. 
And he's one. I don't know. I ask this question all the time. I always and, and, and the response I get is no. But I ask friends to go to the games home and away. And I hear every single time he's on the ball, he gets booed. People say, no, you're just hearing things. Nah, I, he- I hear it. I hear it. I hear it, too. I'm not going to defend him like I defended Jorginho, but <laughs> just say I hear it, too. It's just every time I see him, I go, you're not Alexandro. Every time I see him, it's a reminder that you are here only because we didn't get Alexandro. Um, so, <laughs> Amadi, uh, overall, like over the, the match overall, where do we go from here? I mean, like, first, is sorry the manager uh, for Tottenham? Oof. Uh, honestly, I think he is. I think that if we had come out today and played in a way that was, you know, lifeless, lacked motivation, if we got hammered the way we did when they played us the 6 nothing, I think he would have been gone, yes. I think he would have been gone. However... Seeing seeing the fact that he's able to adapt himself to the to the opponent, seeing the fact that he had his players up for it, whether or not maybe they just this was just a cup final and the players were like, "Damn, let's get about it." Like, I don't know, but regardless, he somehow got the best out of his team today, both on the mental side and on the physical tactical side. So what whatever he's done in the build up to this game, it shows that he can do stuff like this. He can be an adaptable manager. Are you really going to take a look at that performance and say, yeah, he's got to go? I don't I, I don't know, man. I and mean, that could just be the culture of Chelsea's sack hire, sack hire policy that I, I tweeted about this the other day. I think it's cancerous. I think it's a problem for the club. It limits us in the long term. We're never going to have a, play, a manager come here and instill a philosophy if we sack sorry this early. He needs time. He needs transfers. He needs patience. And he needs to be adaptable. And if he can show that he can do the last one, then, I mean... Those other two things should fall into place, frankly. That should be the responsibility of the club to back their manager. So I don't think now is the time to sack him. I think he deserves to keep going. I think if we show the same or similar fight against Tottenham, we have a real good chance of turning the season around. That being said, there's a lot about this club that says that will not be possible. There's a lot about these this group of players that says that will not be possible. So it's tough. Does the board sack him at the whim of you know, a group of players who are unwilling to change or do they sack him because they feel they have a better option? I mean, it's just a, it's a question of whether you believe what's best for the club is to get rid. And I don't think that's the case. <sighs> Agreed. I God damn it. I mean, I wish you said something I didn't agree with. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Question. <laughs> oh, there's my son. But that is working. What up, little man? <laughs> That is working, buddy. All right. So, uh, um, you remember that like uh, video where the guy's in his bedroom and his two kids like walk in, and then the the the, the wife like crawls, army crawls on the floor and drags the kids out. It's kind of a yeah, similar, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> similar situation. What's going on here? <laughs> Bro, uh, the games, the games never stop. The games never stop. Um, next question. Uh, next match, you have we play on Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. I, I think so. I, I think, think it's Thursday. Yeah. Do you start Emerson? 
Honestly, I do. And it sends a statement. It sends, it sends a message. It sends a message. That's enough time. It's Sunday to Thursday. He's going to have time to recover. He'll be fresh. They can redrill again for Tottenham. I mean, for the next match. Sorry. And I think it is Spurs at home, though. Yeah. Uh, let me check. I'm pretty sure we're at home because it would have been two matches at Wembley. And I don't think that's that's that. That's not happening. Yeah. Let me just check. Let me just check. Uh, boop, 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 boop. Chelsea fixtures. Tottenham at home. When yep. Wednesday? Three Wednesday. days. I just saw that, yeah. So Wednesday at home, I think you still start Emerson, although that'd be three games in a week for him. Yep. Um, I, I don't think care. he's got. I think he's fine to do that because he hasn't been starting games, so he should yep. be totally fine. Um, and the fact is, it sends a message to the players, sends a message to the fans, especially because you're playing at home. You want to be able to say, look, I got my best team out there. I want them not booing my players, yep. the fans who are doing that. Um, I think Emerson will get a really positive response, and I think it sends a message to Tottenham as well. That hey, you got to respect this. You got to respect this both going forward and in transition because he's the he's that good on both sides of the ball. Yep. So yeah, I think if he puts out Alonso, Spurs are going to be like, oh, thank heavens, you know, they're going to be like, word, that's perfect for us. Yep. But yep. if he starts Emerson, they have they have to think about stuff. And Emerson had a good game against Tottenham last time. Let's not forget that. And oh, Tottenham, yeah. and Tottenham just come came off a loss from Burnley that I predicted. When I was watching that match, I know I knew Burnley was going to win. So. All right, um, and from here on, do you want Gonzalo Higuain starting a striker, or do you roll with Eden Hazard as your false nine? I mean, let's be real. It's worked. Sorry, sorry's got Eden playing in that position, and he's got, I mean, clearly he's able to motivate him for that. I don't know why he's saying the players are hard to motivate or that Eden's not a natural leader on the pitch, but he's able to implement the style that Sorry wants him to, and today especially, it showed some – I mean, that's the first time I've seen – not the first time, but it's one of the few times I've seen the false nine being played and enjoyed it and seen the real benefit of that, having that kind of tactic with a team who pushes high up the field. But there were times today when we were play, playing the ball long or in the air, and Hazard's not winning those. That's he's not the not, kind of player he is. Back to the other goal. He's, that's, I mean, and that's a fact. So having Giroud, having Higuain, I think who are both different strikers and who have different uh, facets to their game, I think Giroud – Honestly, would be the player I'd put if you're looking to loop balls up and have someone hold up the play. If you're looking to have someone make intelligent runs behind or to help link up attacks, I would honestly play Hazard. But Higuain brings something different. And having yeah. the versatility to, to say, okay, I'll start Higuain this match or I'll start Hazard there next one. Or to be able to say, I'll bring Higuain on and move Hazard over, he's still effective. Yeah. So I think no matter what, Hazard has to start. Maybe Higuain doesn't. Maybe he comes on off the bench. But the fact is, they'll be able to use the versatility of that front line. And I think that Hazard and Higuain work well together. So maybe he does start, set the tone, and then later on, they bring, I don't know, cuts and Adoy on for him, and then Hazard goes into the middle. One of those two things is fine oh with me. I, so, I, I just, yeah, I... I... Listen, I'm of the opinion the more I don't I don't even care if Hazard plays keeper. I just want him on the pitch. I just want him on the pitch straight at all up, times. Straight up. I don't up. care where he plays. Amadi, my man, this has been amazing. Where can people find you on Twitter if they're not following you? Uh, if you're not following me on Twitter, I am at Amaduit double underscore. That's A M A D O I T double underscore. Um, you can also usually find either me or the person running it which I'm not going to say is me because I don't want Twitter to come from my firstborn. Uh, you can find me at Chelsea Gifts as well, but um, they're currently suspended, so we're trying to figure out a better way to get these highlights out to the folks because people need the content. They need and the content, stop. and Amity will do it. 
I will do it, man. He I'm will. Don't 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 try him. You'll do don't it. Don't sleep on me, bro. Don't sleep on me. I am out here giffing all day. <laughs> if you need gift content, if you're if you are watching a Chelsea match, you can expect that I will be posting gifts from my account during the game, after the game, whenever. So if you like that kind of stuff, follow mm-hmm. me. And if you like, I mean, I, I think I have some measured opinions. I don't usually post that reactive bullshit that football Twitter thrives on. I usually can give a an honest and measured opinion about the team. However, there are times when I'm just like, damn, we're trash or this is shit. That's going to happen. If that's something you don't want to see, don't follow me. There you go. <sighs> Guys, get your shit together. All right. I personally love the reactive bullshit. I am uh I love being reactive. You know what? It's it's part of being a fan. I ha- I'm not part of the media. I don't need to like this, all this people like, "Oh, you're so reactive." Blah, blah, blah. I'm not part of the media. I don't need to have I don't need to have a measured response. I can That's say whatever true. I can say whatever the hell I want. If I say this guy's shit and 2 seconds later he's not and I change my opinion, I that is my right to do that. I am a fan of this part of the benefit of being this side of being a fan. Yeah, it's true. Can't Amity, argue with it. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Everybody, this is the end of the interview. All right, everybody, we are back and I'm hearing myself. I hate when I do that. All right, everybody, that was the interview with Amity, our first guest on this podcast that is twitter verified the man has a blue check next to his name we're stepping it up around here we're stepping it up slowly but surely this podcast is starting to sound and feel and look like way more professional if we only could do something about the goddamn interruptions so that's all i got for this episode of the podcast um we covered a lot of stuff man i had a great time great time with amity he definitely brought a calming energy after a loss perfect person to talk to um i was ready not necessarily overreact but you know like i i'm not gonna lie man i said it a thousand times on the podcast and you guys could tell I hate losing. I'm a sore loser. But when man, those guys played great today, man. It's everybody did well. Sorry did well. Everybody did well. Everybody did well. PKs aside, um, because quite honestly, quite frankly, I didn't we really didn't get into it because PKs are PKs. Like it is what it is. Anything can happen. I mean, just because you win, I, I, in my opinion, just because you win a penalty shootout doesn't necessarily mean you were the better team. So, I mean, not to, that doesn't mean or that doesn't take away from City's victory. That's not me going, well, you know, no, no, no. It is what it is. But I don't know. I just feel like that. PKs don't always determine who was the best team. And, but, their necessary way to end the game. You have to do it. So that's all I got for today. I will be hitting you guys with a post-match after our Tottenham game at Stanford Bridge. At Stanford Bridge this Wednesday in the Premier League. This is a very, very, very important game because we can shoot right back into the top four and we'll have a game in hand over over Tottenham, United, and Arsenal, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. I just know we're going to have a game in hand. So 
I'll hit you guys after that. Um, if you guys are not following me on Twitter, I'm telling you guys, you're slipping. You're slipping. Follow me on Twitter, All American CFC, Instagram, All American Chelsea. I'm going to start firing Instagram up, but I'm definitely strong on Twitter. Guys, make sure you're following me. There's extra content that I provide on Twitter that I don't do here. Podcasts are podcasts. Twitter content is Twitter content. So make sure you guys are following me. And uh, I'll talk to you guys again soon. I love each and every single one of you. You guys know that I do. Uh, I, I believe in every single one of your ambitions and dreams. Go after them. Go after your goals. Look at me. Use me as an inspiration. If a big idiot, a moron like me, can make it happen here on Twitter, on Instagram, on with the podcast, if I can do it, you can do it too. Absolutely. If an average, regular dude like me can do it, a special talent like you can absolutely do whatever, whatever, you set your heart and your mind to all it is is a grind man i truly believe that i truly believe that the barrier and the ratio or the necessary i believe that the necessary skill to do a specific task there's more people that can do a specific task and that have the talent to do the specific task there's more people for that than there is out of those people that can suffer and just absolutely, you know, suffer through the grind and the suck of whatever difficult task that they're trying to get to through. So, you know, figure out what you want to do, set your mind to it and know that there's going to be a big portion of that that's just going to be super hard work that you have to go through the grind. You have to trust the process. I'm guilty of that. I've been in so many situations where I do not, did not trust this process. And it, it hurt my professional career. But partly, partly the reason for that is because I was never in a position where I knew or I wanted to be. Deep down inside, deep down in my heart, I knew behind a microphone is where I wanted to be. And I was just too blind and scared and coward to take the leap of faith, man. And it took it took my boy, Nini, having call-in shows. The universe put him on his path. And the universe had put me on my path. And we just intersected on the call-in shows. And then I got another gift from the universe, which I got fired from my last job. And I knew. I knew. Once I was walking out the door, I was pissed. I was angry. But deep down inside, I was happy. Because I knew that I'm never going back. I'm setting out on my journey to become a podcaster, to produce content, become a creator, and to make my living off of that. And I'm still waiting to make my living however i'm living my dream i'm doing what i want to do so if i can do it bro guys take inspiration in me man take my story 
I can do it, you can do it. I'm just a dude. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. I don't have any special skills like that. Anything that I learn how to do, it's just through hustle and, and, and curiosity and determination of figuring it out, going on YouTube and figuring it out, going on here, going on there on the internet and figuring it out and just sticking with it until I get the result that I want. If I can do it, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. So that's it. That's all I got, everybody. I'll talk to you guys again soon. I love each and every single one of you. I hope I don't get sick. But anyway, I love each and every single one of you. Have a great day. Big kiss. From the streets, I bring my I will not preach. Awaken my demons. You can hear that man screaming. I'm no different than the priest. Priest. Santeria. 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 They say that death comes in threes, how appropriate, appropriate. Triple wreck the Russian like Soviets. Soviets Had the Kremlin, searching for the green like a gremlin Presidential emblem, presidential tint on the shit that I am driven in Woo. I just place orders and drop dollars Rottweilers roam the grounds, the Glock hollers The three of y'all too accessible Seen all the wrong moves, watching the untouchables We don't do vegetables, niggas get flatlined Welcome all beef, then we heat them with flat irons Your plans are Back fine, think of double crossing the priest. Hail Mary, repeat after me. Santeria. Los Angeles espera. Es el fuego que yo conozco. Es el fuego que yo. Ya te va la mañana. Los ángeles esperará Es el fuego que yo Conozco Es el fuego que yo all the things I've ever paid for Know that it's no price tag when I wage war It's no more to pray for Niggas get prayed on Dark in my doorstep They told me the day's gone You listening, Davon? As I'm talking to your spirit For God's sakes, I'm dealing with heartbreak Checking my ego I'm living with lost faith I'm back in this hit, nigga You ever seen Shark Tank? I paid them in small bills All of them small face I bet when we draw blood You niggas will draw blank Dress you in all black Partner with all saints I'm numbers and all facts, my shooters give all thanks and all praise. No jail bars can save. Leave you like Malcolm where X marks your grave. Hey, it's probably better this way. It's cheaper when the chaplain prays. Santeria. Ya te va la mañana. Los ángeles esperará. Es el fuego que yo. Es el fuego que yo